Welcome to the Weave Podcast. My name is Sarah Resnick, and I'm the host of this podcast and the owner of the online weaving yarn shop, Gist Yarn and Fiber. This week on the podcast, I'm excited to welcome Amy McKnight. Amy is a North Carolina-based fiber artist and weaver. I have admired Amy's work on Instagram for a while, and particularly love her passion for spreading the love of weaving on small looms. I'm so happy to have you on the podcast today, Amy. Welcome. Thank you so much, Sarah. I am exceedingly happy to be here, and I do want to say thank you um, for creating such a wonderful resource. I have personally enjoyed listening to the different podcasts, and um, yeah, the, this podcast has really helped me connect the weaving dots and understand who is who in the weaving world and even learn more about weaving. So I just want to let you know that I'm a huge fan. I'm excited to be talking to you right now. Yes. Oh. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy to hear that. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Can you start out by introducing yourself and sharing how you found your way towards being a weaver? Sure, sure. So um, my name is Amy McKnight. I am a third generation weaver, fiber artist, and um, I started weaving when I was my little girl's age and I have a five-year-old so maybe not that young that's not true I started crafting when I was her age um and my I started out with sewing and crochet I was one of those children that bounced off the walls so um uh, my grandmother was like go somewhere and sit down and find something to do um my parents my parents had me when they were older and so my grandmother was much older and she didn't really have time for a child bouncing everywhere (laughs) so um so yeah she was always very active and making sure I knew I was doing something productive so that I wasn't getting into trouble so anyway I um I learned to sew first I think and then I learned to crochet really really long long chains and I think um later on when I was maybe seven or eight elementary school age I came across a pot holder loom and um I I I think she had a few of the potholder loops for the loom, and I went through those relatively quickly, and she always had a lot of yarn. And so I think over time, I figured out how to weave with yarn on the potholder loom, and that was very intriguing to me. And so I would make bigger looms using cardboard and sometimes I wove on drinking straws and all sorts of things but back then I didn't have the exposure and my my mom my dad my 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 grandma they didn't you know they didn't know anything about any other type of looms than what I was doing so they're like oh that's cute um so I didn't I wasn't able to progress any further so I would say that for more of my life I have sewn and crocheted. Weaving is a relatively, within the last mm, about five years, that's become more central to what I do. And um, and yeah, I can I I've, I've really I really enjoy weaving. I've come to enjoy weaving, and it's kind of like I've come full circle in a ways with um, with going from the potholder loom back when I was a kid to. Um, to some of the things that I have been doing and some of the ways that I've used weaving 
um, to help others and such like that. Mm -hmm. Hmm. So you mentioned that you come from three generations of people working with textiles. What were your parents and grandparents? Was it weaving or sewing or what kind of work were they no. Art, were they doing? Well, let's start with my grandma. Well, I know it's even more than that because my 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 grandmother um, was she was older, so she grew up in the time where they saved everything and they made, you know, a lot of things. So I'm mm-hmm. sure that her mother and her mother's mother did did that as well. But my grandmother's the only one that I can talk about with any confidence, and I know that she would sew herself something to wear to church every single week up until yeah up until she was um I don't know in her her late 70s so grandma would start pulling out patterns like Monday or Tuesday and then if she didn't have fabric she'd go to the fabric store and get fabric and then um by Wednesday and Thursday she'd have it cut out and um, she definitely had everything finished up and pressed and ready to wear by Friday. So that was my grandma. She also quilted. She had, oh my goodness, so much, so much fabric. And um, when she died, they took out bags and bags and bags and bags of fabric that she had everywhere. And she made quilt tops and she made the log cabin and broken dishes and and all sorts of things she she was always making something she was always doing something in with her hands and when she wasn't um sewing when she wasn't at her sewing machine or she wasn't quilting she had a crochet hook in her hand and so she was making afghans and so um i spent a lot of time with my grandmother my my brother and i did and so i i always saw her doing something and for better or for worse, you will always see me doing something. It's very rare that I am sitting still, which is a bad thing. Um, I'm always crafting of some sort. Like, yeah, um, if I'm sitting still, I usually have something doing. So that was my grandmother. My mother, she actually was more of a, a, a an artist, although she did have an actually, she was actually a professional seamstress. She worked in for a variety of different places from cleaners to private customers um, making everything from draperies to wedding dresses but she really was an artist in her own right because in addition to doing the crafting with sewing um, she would make actual art my mom can paint she can draw she did freehand lettering when, you know, they didn't have the cool fonts to be able to do posters. <laughs> she could do the posters and stuff like that. Uh, it was, it, it's amazing. I remember when I was little, do you know, you, you've seen the wig stands that have faces, right? Mm-hmm. You, you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. So my mom would get muslin fabric and she would soak it in like a stiffener of some sort. And then she would put it over the wig stand face and she would mold it into the stand, um, into the, the head, the face, so the features were just like a foundation for her. And then she would go back and paint. Um, after it dried, she'd take it off, and she would cut it out and paint it and then mount it on, on like, boards with, like, fabric backgrounds and, and headdresses. And my mom could paint, can paint so amazingly well. Just to put it in perspective, she makes those 
forgive me anyone who has these or likes these dolls, but she makes those real baby dolls. You know what I'm talking about? The kind of slightly, they, I find them slightly disturbing. Mm-hmm. The ones that look like real baby dolls. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So she paints those wow. to look like real baby dolls. So my mom's a real artist. So she mm-hmm. used to do that. And um, she got to the point where she actually would have those heads and she made more more distinctly African or um, ethnic features, like she would broaden the nose and the lips so that it would be more distinctly African um, or African-American or ethnic type um, mold to do her, her things on. And her work, she's shown her work in different places and had them up in places. Um, she would do the the type of fiber art where you have a picture and then you cut the the medium and then you poke the fabric into it to make different sceneries and people's faces Mm. and three dimensionals and she has one still of Martin Luther King that they actually are featuring at the library um my mother lives right next door to me she actually lives beside us in like a mother you know a mother-in-law place type thing and so she's in the same city where I am and anyway she has her work in the library um in our local library so Yes, the two of them together, I grew up in that type of house. And I'll be honest, I never felt like I was good. (laughs) I was good (laughs) enough. I mean, my mom's like a real artist and she's been featured in papers and magazines and stuff like that. And my grandma is just amazing at making stuff. And so I just did what I could. Yes, I I just kind of did what I could. That's all I could do. Mm -hmm. Well, your work is truly creative too. So it's really neat to hear about your family history. And is your daughter now getting into creativity too? Yes. So I am a third generation raising the fourth generation of fiber artists. Um, I I didn't post what she was working on today, but she finished the pink scarf. If you're, if you look at my Instagram feed, I post the picture of a pink scarf, um, on the little Brio loom or whatever that thing is called. I don't think it's a Brio. I've been calling it a Brio loom. I don't know what it is, but it's something like the Brio loom. Anyway, it's a toy loom and we take turns going back and forth. Sometimes I'll use it, but then I'll let her use it, but I have to tell her it's mommy's loom. You know, she's an only child, so we have to work with her on sharing and stuff like that. So (laughs) it's mommy's loom, but you can borrow it. But anyway, she, um, She's kind of like me. She always wants to be doing something. But since I got the loom and I've been letting her use it, she can weave for hours. It's it's pretty amazing. She will stand there, and as long as I have her shuttles loaded and I help her to advance the warp, um, she will stand there and just weave and listen to something. And so I'm, I'm pretty happy about that. I kind of just let her do her thing, basically, um, because, you know... I feel like if she gets the joy of doing this now, then that helps her um, to learn patience, to learn consistency, to learn perseverance. These are all character traits that, you know, you have to have to be any type of decent crafter. But um, these are character traits I want her to have as a young woman. So that's kind of sort of why I push her (laughs) to weave at five. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I'm a bit of a taskmaster, but hey, (laughs) it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. What kind of materials and looms do you most like to weave with, and what is it about those that keep you coming back to them? Huh, what type of materials and looms? So, I would say that I am not horribly picky. I like to use all sorts of things. Like, I've woven with everything from plastic grocery bags to um, 
you know, cut up fabric to various types of blends of yarns. I live in a relatively small town and the nearest yarn shops are, you know, 45 minutes to an hour away from me. And so I don't get to go to them that often. And so when I do, I try to get, you know, what I can, but we we stay pretty busy in my husband's business. So I kind of use what I have. So my local Walmart does have a yarn section. I use a lot of Lion Brand products, um, a lot of their wool blends. I have a lot of theirs their products in my stash um one of the local discount stores had this insane sale on yarn like it was insane and if you look at my my um stash peek at my stash um thing that was on my instagram (laughs) post you'll see that i kind of i kind of went crazy it was kind of like um funny story my one of my our customers they everyone knows that i craft and so they keep eyes out for me And so one of my customers was in this discount store. It's like a bent can type store. So not a place where you would think you would find any type of decent yarn or of any brand. And they sent me a text um, and they were like, Amy, this store has yarn in it. And it's like, they have a lot of it. I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'll go check it out um, after I get off work. And I I didn't have any high hopes. Sarah, I went in there and they had almost... I'm 5'3". They had yarn that was about four feet higher than I am tall on an end cap in a row. And I called my husband up hyperventilating because (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, they have yarn. They have yarn. Oh, my goodness. And, I mean, I think the people were worried about me. (laughs) What is wrong with her? And it's because I'm standing in the aisle, not even knowing. I'm like a kid. Cause I, and I think it was yarn that normally sells for like 10, you know, 10 or 12 bucks. They had it for like a dollar fifty or something That's insane. And so thing. I was just like, oh, wow. So I went and got a grocery cart and I just like filled up the grocery cart with yarn and just like went crazy. Now, the honest truth is, is that in retrospect, um, I'm not sure why I got so much of the same type of yarn because now I have to use it but I will use it yes (laughs) before I get more yarn I will use up this yarn so that um I can get yarn with a good conscience because I try I try not to be wasteful you know so um so yes Mm -hmm. my more momentary slip up of going crazy over yarn but I'm going to I'm going to use it up so anyway I I'm not to answer the question I'm not very picky when it comes to yarn um looms I have used all sorts of looms. I love weaving on simple looms, and I like to learn different ways to weave on simple looms. I have, I have learned to weave um, the potholder style, of course, but also there's a style of weaving on peg style looms that's really popular in other countries, especially Latin American countries. It's not as popular here, which is kind of like the bias weaving or weaving on the diagonal and you weave with a continuous warp and when you're done it you're done you know you don't have to finish your edge kind of like the pin loom way of weaving with a zoom loom but they're doing it on the diagonal so that's a really cool way I'm blessed I know a little bit of Spanish so I've watched a lot of YouTube videos um, in Spanish to be able to learn about that and so I really enjoy I have enjoyed weaving um, with simple looms and I've actually taught a lot of people to weave on simple, simple looms. Um, but right now, I am super psyched about the Rigid Heddle loom. I mean, it was like love at first. Um, 
warp. Yes, I was. I was just like, this is amazing. You know, I, I'm. I was. Where have you been all my life? And so I've been weaving maybe four to five hours a day since I got my rigid hell loom less than a month ago. Wow. And yeah, I've made yards and yards and yards of fabric. So, um, yeah. <laughs> I'm super excited about that. Yeah, so right now, my love, I love small looms, simple looms, but right now, I'm totally um, beginning to stalk another rigid hell loom that's bigger so that I can weave larger pieces of cloth. Yes. Mm-hmm. Love it. I love it. And I love your focus on simple looms. And actually, when we were talking, but before we started recording today, you mentioned that it's really important to you that your followers on Instagram, that you, that they, that the kind of weaving you do feels really accessible to them. And that's one of the reasons you focus on simple looms. And yes. I'm wondering if you can talk about why that's so important to you um, and how you work to make weaving accessible to folks. Definitely. So I guess I... I really feel like if you're not exposed, then you're not going to even know that you should try or you have the option of trying. Um, But also with exposure, you need to be exposed to something that is accessible to you where you happen to be, you know? And so everyone has access in their town or relatively nearby to like a potholder loom. And so... That's just one example, but like I want to show people, I have shown people how they can weave on simple looms. I even like created some basic plans on how you can use office supplies and foam core and grid paper um, and glue, glue is important, to make um, looms of all sorts of different sizes where you can weave any of the styles, pin loom style, um, bias or diagonal style, potholder style, you know, um, on, on these simple looms. That's how I got started. I, I really appreciate it. Some of the most creative pieces of art that I have made, um, I wove them pin loom style on a loom that was made from office supplies. So I feel it's important to to push the boundaries of simple things so that people have something to aspire to. With that being said, I also push myself and that's why I'm beginning to branch out more into or I decided that I felt you know artistically I needed to get a different type of loom I needed to get a more mechanical loom because I wanted to push what I as a person was able to create and so that's why I've gone into the rigid heddle looms um, or at least I bought that rigid heddle loom but in the same vein, I also got the little toy loom because it's only 40 bucks, and um, it gives you a great intro into weaving with a more mechanical loom without having to spend a whole lot of money. There's a lot of people who crochet and knit, and I think it's obvious um, that the barrier to entry to crocheting and knit is much lower because you just need knitting needles or crochet hooks and some yarn and just watch some YouTube videos, get some books from the library, and you can go. Weaving isn't always as simple as that. And so I'm trying to do my part to make it more accessible or make help people to see it more so that they can try in whatever way is 
is they're able to do it. So for some people, you know, they may grab that their kid's potholder loom and just try and see if they like it and remember how it was when they were a kid. For others, they may, you know, go get that loom off of Amazon. For others, they may jump straight into the rigid heddle weaving. Um, and, you know, or maybe they may just start going down the rabbit hole and they get a floor loom. For me, it doesn't matter. I just want to inspire more people to weave because I feel like weaving is a craft that in in itself, um, at least I can say for me, it touches me in ways that other types of crafting has not. And so I want to share that that experience with more people. So that's why I try to do things that are more um, accessible to uh, to as many people as they can be. Mm-hmm. I really love that about what you do, and and that that's your focus because I think. Um... In many ways, weaving can feel exclusive to start Mm -hmm. if it's about money, if it's about space, if it's about the idea that you need a lot of knowledge to warp a loom. Um, And I think you do such a good job of making it um, seem so accessible. So, yeah. (laughs) I'm trying. I'm learning every day. So, and I think that's the fun part. Like with the rigid head loom, I am so brand new to this. I mean, and I stopped saying it because I don't want to seem miserable um but I would joke that I don't know how to do it right as yet and so I'm just doing what I'm doing until I learn the right way to do it although I do I did get a lot of books on rigid hell weaving and I did read them and watch them so I know what I'm doing but I don't I want people to see that it can be just have fun it's super fun and if in the process you make something that you actually want to wear yay but um you know the process of learning in and of itself can be can be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I really love the recent uh, post that you made with a magenta and black scarf. That's just super creative. And I'm wondering if you could talk about that piece and your process of weaving it. Sure, 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 sure. So, okay. So that one is kind of, <laughs> that one was kind of like a spur of the moment, but then most of the things I do are kind of like in the moment. But I was, I had been doing a lot on my rigid heddle weaving um, loom, but I actually had just had a conversation uh, a few days before with Liz, Liz Gibson. Um, she's done, she does amazing things, and I think you actually did an interview with her um, I a, did. F- a few yes. weeks back. And she's we were talking. She is amazing. She's amazing. And so we talked about making weaving um more accessible to more people and getting more people to weave and I was telling her about my ideas about um that little tiny toy loom and making it more than a toy kind of maybe raising it above its toy status and doing more things that you know something that adults could relate to or that would inspire them you know to take the plunge and spend you know the 36 bucks or if they have Amazon Prime it's like 37 dollars shipped to their door in two days or um, whatever it is, if you don't have Amazon Prime, I have Prime, so I don't know. But um, but yeah, and so I I had been doing more things with the loom to put it out there, and then one of my my followers was like, "Well, Amy, if you want to inspire people, you actually need to post some finished products." And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> "You know, that is very true." <laughs> so um, because I've been posting a lot of things using that loom, but I haven't sure. actually finished anything up, and so she said that. And I'm like, okay, let me just go for this. And I'm going to go for broke. Let's let's see how many, um, you know, more advanced weaving techniques I can throw in this scarf to make you think, you know, if you can do that on a little tiny loom, 
I think I can do something cool too. And so that's kind of sort of what I did. I just I started out with a black warp. I'm I'm kind of fond of of using a black warp. I actually ran out of my black warp when I was warping the thing that I'm working on now and I had to use white warp for like a few of the last warp threads and I don't like how the white warp looks. I totally adore the white warp. So I started out with a black warp and then I just kind of picked my palette of different yarns that I that I had. I grabbed some acrylic um, because I know a lot of people that's what they have access to and I also had some wool blends and whatever and I just started um, you know weaving and just as I felt the spirit I would change up and I would just do different um, different techniques in the scarf and when I was done that's what I that's what I came out with it did help that I got stuck in traffic with my husband and I was weaving on my lap and um, in traffic and and I I was like I had nothing else I had I could do so I was just kind of making up things as I was sitting in traffic hoping that we would get to where we were going sooner than later but um but yeah I it was kind of purposeful not really purposeful I I was purposely making the the scarf but I didn't exactly know how it was going to look until it was done but I was happy with it when I was finished and I think that may be one of my my most popular things on my Instagram feed so I I think I I hit my mark so I'm happy yes it's it's a really really cool piece with your permission we'll have a picture of it in the show notes so people sure sure what what we were talking about yeah I, I love it a lot you recently started an Instagram account called Weavers of Color. What yes. inspired you to start that account? Um, I guess it was because, now I, I haven't been in the, the, in quotes, I'm doing this thing with my fingers, weaving community long enough to really know how um, it is, but I, I'm sure that you've seen some of the posts, they were posting about diversity and the things that have been happening in the knitting and the... Um, and the crochet community mm-hmm. and, and that conversation that they've been having over there. And it's something that I guess it's black history month, you know, we're recording this in February and I, I had been thinking about it as a, a weaver of color myself um, that I didn't, I didn't know of very many people like me, you know, I guess that's the other reason why I started the account, why, you know, I, I put myself out there is because if I had seen me when I was a little girl, I'm not sure where I would be right now. I think that may have changed my life because I really enjoy fiber crafting and, and, and whatever. So, so very much that I may have gone to school for this. I might've had a master of fine arts in, you know, something that has to do with textiles, but I didn't really see me, and that wasn't something that I saw as an option. And so I feel like the more people are able to see people that represent them, and I want to be very clear that Weavers of Color is not just people of you know African descent. We have people of Asian descent um, that are that I found that I've featured on on the um, Instagram account and I'm looking um, shout out to your audience if you know a weaver of color please DM me and let me know so that I can um, follow them and and you know feature their work if they'd like that um, but I I really 
feel that number one it helps others who are in the same demographic to feel like huh this is something that I can do but more so than that I think that it's important as people that we recognize that there's more than one flavor you know I mean I love the amazing patterns and you know some of the things that people do that are rigid heddle weavers I love the beautiful perfect edges and and some of the the things I've seen you know as I follow the rigid heddle tags but and, and and other things that make that you know weaving or whatever and I think that there's there's a place for that but I also adore saori weaving which is which came from Japan I mean I, I really resonate with that and I also am inspired by kente cloth weaving and which is was the impetus of me even purchasing that small loom because kente cloth is maybe four to five inches wide. And so I'm saying, you know, people have been weaving with little strips of cloth for a long time. We can do something with this little tiny loom, um, that little brio loom, little tiny loom that I like to weave on. So anyway, I started the Weavers of Color so that we could bring, and my hope, my dream, my vision is, is that as we see more different people weaving in different ways and doing their weaving thing, whatever that might be, whether it is floor loom or rigid hello loom or tapestry weaving or, you know, wall art or, you know, interpretive art, whatever that happens to be, then people realize that, huh, this is it's more than just me. There are people that look like me. And on the other side, there are other people that maybe don't look like me. So let me not count that kid out let me not count that lady out you know let me not count that person out whoever they may be that let me tell them about what I do because you never know they may become the next whoever and you never know what you will spark but we can't we can't think outside the box if we stay in our own little clusters and we only pay attention to things that are relevant to our community and us so that's kind of sort of why I wanted to do that that Instagram account Mm -hmm. I really appreciate you sharing that and starting this account it's so um, important and you've introduced me to a lot of new artists that I didn't know about Um, yeah (laughs) do you want to share about some of your favorite folks that you've been highlighting over there I like A is for Avery. Um, She does all sorts of really cool things. Um, She doesn't exclusively do weaving. She also does, um, she also does different type of mixed media art. And so I really, I really enjoy her work. Let's see, I'm going, I'm actually going there. So I'll mess up somebody's Instagram handle. Mm -hmm. Um, I love, okay. Okay, Alyssa Key. Her, I cannot say her Instagram handle. It's S-O-L-I-P-I-D-Y, D-I-Y. I think it's Solip D-I-Y, and I think the, um, the Solip is her middle name, her, um, her Korean middle name. She's actually Korean, and she does this mix of macrame and um, tapestry with colors. I mean, it's just really rich and organic, um, of course. I love crossing threads um, with the sisters. They are amazing, and it's just like their work just kind of jumps off the wall at you. I just love seeing their things come up in my in my Instagram feed. Um, let's see. There is a gentleman, the art of Stephen Hamilton, and he does more ethnic um, African-American type art, and a lot of his work, it seems like he's learned how to weave um 
straight from people in the various countries in Africa, and his work is representative of that. Um, let me see. Um, Shaniqua, I think you just featured. She, she, you talked to her recently, or at least mm-hmm. she's. You, I, I think she does some really cool things. She really does, yeah. Um, and I will say the first person that I ever saw, and I, and she jumped out at me because of her Instagram handle was Nappy Weaver, and her, um, her name is Lynn, and she's a, um, a, an older lady who is who weaves on a floor loom, and. I think she was actually the impetus of me starting this account because I honestly had not seen. Um, I know that African American people wove on floor looms. I mean, that was one of the jobs, you know. I'm in, um, and I've seen more as I've been more looking for it. But I'd never seen that before, you know. And I'm just sheltered or whatever. I haven't been paying attention. But when I saw her, I followed her. <laughs> And I'm like, wait, there has to be more people like her. Let me find more people. And then the next person I found was Sunflower in the Sun. Um, And I've actually, she actually reached out to me and said, you know, that I was inspiring her because she had never seen, she had very rarely run across any other weavers of color or people of color who were doing any type of weaving and she just really encouraged me and you know thanked me for what I was doing and I you know I was I thanked her for reaching out to me and so that was maybe a couple of days before I started the account and I said you know what we need to connect these people together and so yes I I think I may have gone off the question I apologize no no I love it I love it thank you for answering Yeah. yeah But yeah, if you want to see right now, it's only 13. I know there are more than 13 people out there. And again, I say, I request, um, if you know weavers of color or if you are a weaver of color and you're listening and that is, um, you know, if that's how you self-identify as a person of color, whatever that means to you, then do DM me. I would love to feature your work. I would like to make this this account grow so that, you know, we can see the, the beauty, the diversity, the gumbo, the stew that is the weaving world represented by people that come from all sorts of different places. But for the moment, if you want to follow some of these people, just go to Weavers of Color. That's the Instagram handle. And everyone that I'm following is a weaver of color. No offense. I'm not doing, um, if you're following me and I don't follow you back, is because I'm only following back people that are weavers of color so I can be sure to pay attention and see their work so that their work doesn't get muddied and, you know, a bunch of posts of other people. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for sharing that. And we will also link to that account and your personal Instagram account in the show notes. Yes, ma'am. Um, so people can easily find that fabulous account. So what is on the horizon for you and your looms in the coming month? If you're weaving four or five hours a day, you must have several projects lined up. I do. I do. It's, it's kind of crazy. So... I want to, um, honestly, okay, so I have to finish up some of what I'm doing in order to be able to justify buying more yarn. Right now, I have put myself on a bit of a diet or budget or whatever you want to call it, um, that I'm only buying warp yarn <laughs> to weave <laughs> on my rigid head of loom, and that I am, um, I'm going to go through, try to get through at least, you know, 25 to 40% of my stash before I start buying more 
um, wool. That being said, I was going through your catalog and I'm looking at some of these wool yarns and I'm like, okay, and some of the projects, which I know I told you this before, but I want to say this where people can hear it. Um, if you all have not checked out Sarah's um, website, Just Yarn, if you, for me, for the longest time, I just listened to the podcast. I actually didn't go and delve deeper, but I actually went and started going on your your you're in looking in your catalog and that was a learning experience for me as I was learning about different yarns which ones are good for the warp which ones are good for the weft and everything like that and also just looking at the projects and and seeing the information that you put there it's really really good stuff so anyway I am having to clean out or get rid of some of my yarn so that I can invest in getting some more yarn so I can make more stuff but that being said I want to get a bigger loom as if I need another loom but I want to get a bigger (laughs) (laughs) I want to get a bigger rigid head of loom so that I can weave bigger pieces of cloth because I want to make stuff I want to make um tops and I want to make dresses and I want to make skirts and and different things and my little 10 inch I've been putting her through the paces but um I don't want to have to keep sewing panels together to get the full width of what I want. And so I am looking to invest in possibly a 24-inch rigid heddle loom of some sort in the coming, you know, near future. So that's what I want to do. Weave more big stuff. Yes. I like it. I like it. I like it. And where can people go online and on social media to learn more about you and follow your work? The best place to follow me is on Instagram. Um, it's my name, Amy D. McKnight. Um, if you, I if you put in Amy McKnight, there's a lot of Amy McKnights, um, but I'm the Amy D. McKnight. So that's the best way to follow me. Um, I am working on possibly restarting uh, an old, an older YouTube channel because I, I'm thinking, you know, I'd like to to post videos and and do some more maybe even like vlogging about weaving or something like that but all of that I will announce all of that on my Instagram account and link to it in my link in bio so the best thing to do is to to do that I do have an Etsy shop um, where I have some of my wall hangings oh and then I do have a Simply Amy M account and I know Sarah will put it in the um, show notes that is where I put my my more artistic pieces I keep my main account and my artistic account kind of separate because I kind of wax eloquent and and whatever and so if you're into that then you know follow simply amy m and you can see some of the more artistic pieces but if you just want to see the light side of amy and her weaving day to day as i am posting stuff throughout the day then amy d mcknight that's the best way to keep up with me Mm -hmm. great and do you have any closing advice or words of wisdom for weavers out there sure i would say um I'll start out with the the new people who are wanting to weave. I would say just try, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably are a a weaver, and I'm going to come to you in a minute. But um, for those of you who may be listening to this podcast, for, you know, some of my followers who may be on the edge and, you know, you start listening to this podcast because you wanted to hear from me, and I love you um, very much. Um, I really do. Um, I would say try, you know. Whatever you have, you can weave on anything as simple as like cardboard. Um, you can weave with 
a lot of things that you have lying around your house right now. You know, your kid may have a potholder loom, or if you want to invest a little bit, you can get a frame loom, or you can make a frame loom, or you can get the loom off of Amazon or, or whatever. But wherever you feel comfortable, just try. And then when you try, don't, don't, hold, don't, don't beat yourself up if it doesn't look perfect. Don't be frustrated if it doesn't make sense at first. There's a lot of moving parts to weaving. I mean, we could talk for hours, Sarah and I, about dressing the loom. I mean, that is a hobby in and of itself. <laughs> um, so it's okay. You know, you will you will get it. But just don't give up. Keep trying and reach out. You know, um, feel free to reach out to me. I will help as I can. But reach out to other people. And, and let them help you or go on YouTube and Google. But just try because there's something, like I said earlier, very meditative about the process of weaving from the part of warping the loom, whether you're using a frame a frame loom or a tapestry loom or even like a pot of loom, there's something in warping and there's something in the process of actually weaving under over. And I think it, it goes with whatever type of loom you're weaving, whatever... Um, mechanical however mechanical is and so that's what I say to new people just try it's cool I think you'll like it if you don't don't be mad with me but hey (laughs) try okay um and so that's what I say to them for older weavers I would say to you there are a lot of people like me there are a lot of people who would love to know what you know that would love the opportunity to weave on your floor loom or see you do your tapestry loom or even like try out your rigid heddle loom and I know that weaving is kind of a solitary a um, a solitary craft you know especially if you have a bigger loom you don't really take it it's not really a social craft so much although it can be Um, but just reach out you know I would have loved to have experienced any of the looms that I just mentioned many, many years ago. But I'm grateful that I have the experience of being able to do it now. And so I would say, you know, share what you know. You may create the next fiber artist of the century. You never know. Or you just may open someone's eyes and help them to feel that joy that you feel when you've made something on your loom. And, you know, the coolest thing is when you weave and you teach someone else how to weave, and you see that joy, then you get double joy. And double joy is always better than just (laughs) joy by yourself. So yes. That's for sure. That's great advice. Well, Amy, thank you so much for spending the time to talk to me and to share your stories and your journey. I'm so glad to get to hear it and to get to share it with our listeners. So Sarah, thank you. Thank you so much for having and thank you for doing what you're doing. Take care. That's a wrap. To see photos of Amy's work and links to her social media accounts, go to www.gistyarn.com slash episode hyphen 55. That's G-I-S-T-Y-A-R-N dot com slash episode hyphen 55. Next week on the podcast, Lashan is speaking with Yuna Lee of Kindigo. Kindigo is a Korean brand company making sustainable and skin-friendly textile products with Korean natural dyeing. They run an indigo farm and several indigo workshops to introduce Korean indigo dyeing culture to people today. Stay tuned for that episode, and until next time, happy weaving! Happy weaving!